Have you ever found yourself drawn to an abandoned amusement park? I have several times. <laughs> I might be dead as well. <laughs> what a ridiculous intro. I don't know why I decided to do that. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ghostly Season on It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, episode 183. Janine, it is the finale finale of Ghostly Season. What a month it has been. I've had so much fun. Yes, it's been so spooky and really fun. And we've covered def definitely different vibes of ghostly films. And uh, this is no different. So, yeah, yeah on both spooky shows. On both, yes. On both this and uh, on Anna Morgan hasn't seen. We've done such a good variety of ghost movies. And I think we're ending today with a particularly weird one. I mean, on the main show, you know, we've had more usual ghost movies. Um, you know, like me, the, the Uninvited that Nolan and I covered. Um, we had a romance with the ghost and Mrs. Muir, Janine. Yes. Mm -hmm. Me and Nolan did Dead of Night, which is, of course, the anthology, a whole different bunch of kind of ghostly haunting stories. And what was the other one we did that I've now forgot about? <laughs> because I'm an idiot. Thirteen Ghosts. Thirteen Ghosts, which was just silly. And... A ridiculous amount of fun and we're getting super weird and super kind of independent and basically i call this movie 80 minutes of vibes because that's all it is and that's all it really needs to be that's all it's interested in being because i feel like this movie we're talking about to today janine is the exact kind of thing that, I mean, this might sound like a silly thing to say, but if A24 had existed in the early 60s, they would have they produced would have this. this movie. Yes, most definitely. It's exactly, it's the nearest thing you're going to get to an A24 movie <laughs> from the 60s. And I love it for that. It's such a unique movie. It's Carnival of Souls from 1960. Two, um, I am incredibly interested to hear what you <laughs> think about this one. I really am, because I do think it is such a unique movie, and it certainly feels unlike most horror movies from its time. Totally, and just kind of not even just. Unlike any other horror movies from its time, but unlike any other movies from its time, in its, in almost what it's trying to say, and I think in the fact that it <clears throat> seemingly couldn't care less about its story as opposed to its artistic yeah. value and its yes. expressionism and its feelings, which isn't something we tend to talk about a lot when it comes to 60s movies or movies from the even the late 50s. But I feel like the fact that it is a 
totally independent movie, which again is quite a rarity that we talk about totally independent movies um, on the main show because of the era we obviously focus on. Yeah. And the majority of movies that we tend to focus on. So I think this is going to be a really interesting discussion we're going to have today, Janine. I am excited. Before we do the one thing that we do, of course, have to do today, I do just want to know some basic Janine feelings <laughs> towards Carnival of Souls. Um, I was definitely about the vibes of it. I, I appreciated that that was the focus more than any kind of significant story. Um I definitely got into the the eeriness of it with the crazy organ music and uh, um, the the makeup and just kind of how it was made and put together. Um, I was into all of that. So I, I didn't really need a strong story because of what I was given. Uh, and I appreciated uh, the spooky vibes. So And I think that's exactly what they were going for in making it anyway. But... Of course, as we must do, because we love to do every week on an episode of one of the shows, we give a lovely thank you to all the wonderful patrons of It's a Wonderful Podcast. Janine, if somebody would like to become a patron, what do they have to do? Oh, you can find us at It's a Wonderful One on Patreon.com and find the tier that's right for you. We have some fun things, fun videos and Sunday live streams with our patrons, monthly artwork. You get to have some input in what we talk about on the shows. So uh, join us there if you want to support Port uh, Morgan and I and what we do and all of those things. So It's a Wonderful One on Patreon.com. Well, there we go. Everyone gets a nice thank you if they are a Patreon or a patron. Janine, would you like to start us off? Sure. A huge thank you to Maxwell Haddad. Thank you to Amber Coates. Thank you, Abby Friel. Thank you, Faraz Muthana. Thank you, 90s Comics Box, a.k.a. my big brother, Justin, who just had a birthday on Tuesday. So happy Yay. birthday, big brother. Happy birthday, Justin. Should we sing happy birthday, Noah? Would that take the tone of the entire episode away from... It just might. It just might. <laughs> happy birthday, Justin. Thank you to Video Drew. Thank you, Adelaide. Thank you to Christina Farrow. Thank you, Heather Sabian. Thank you to Megan McCurley, Dr. Megs. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Steve, Movie Fenobi. Thank you, Samir Chesfai. Thank you to Patrick Harden. Thank you, Carla Fees. Thank you, Adam Collins. Thank you, Delisha Butler. Thank you to Gigi. Thank you to the great Ken Napsock. Thank you to Tom and Kimber of the Odd Shape Channel. And thank you to Billy Apollahan. Yes, wonderful Ooh. people that the patrons are. Janine, I'm into it. Yes, I'm into this them. movie. And I am into this movie purely because it is 80 minutes of, of vibes and the fact that it's a 60s A24 movie. I've already said those things, but they are just the draws for me to watch this movie. I remember first coming across this movie. I think it was around an October time because, you know, in October, Janine, you look on YouTube for kind of like... These Halloween playlists. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
you you've, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a Halloween playlist, whether it's a horror movie montage, and it was on a horror movie montage, and the little name of the movie next to it, and it was the scene in this movie towards the end when all the ghosts at the carnival are sped up in their film and yeah. you know in in the film and and running towards the camera and then kind of going left and right behind the camera and i was so kind of what the hell is this shot because i loved that yeah this looks creepy as hell so i search up about this movie i buy this movie I watch this movie, <laughs> and I am about this movie. Yes, this was definitely Morgan's vibes, 100%. And I really loved that shot as well. Like, I think them running shook the camera, but that, like, added something to the scene for me. It made it that much more intense and scary that, like, you know, they're just rampant coming for her, almost kind of like a zombie feeling. Um, yeah. That no escape kind of sense. Uh from that scene was definitely kind of scary. It was, I think it's probably the, the scariest part of the movie. It's certainly a very creepy movie. Yes. I might. I mean, Dead of Night is very, very creepy. But certainly out of the ones we have covered, this is by far the creepiest Yeah. Uh, ghost movie we've covered on the main show this month. 100%. Because it is just... It's unsettling virtually right from the start. You don't get much story with it um, because it's basically a woman survives a car crash. And the car crash itself, like it does seem a little bit like the slowest drag race ever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then somehow one of the cars falls off a bridge. You're not quite sure how, how it happened fall off the bridge because <laughs> this was the slowest race you've ever seen so uh yeah it didn't build ramp up to the intensity of a car going off a bridge it kind of just no, I, rolled I, off <laughs> i think it's probably fair to say that herc harvey the director is far better at directing eerie expressionist horror than he is at action yeah but the car falls off the bridge and we're led to believe everybody in that car died as a result because it's it's over water, the car sinks to the bottom, and it looks quite nasty. Mm-hmm. But then one survivor, Mary, emerges from the river, all full of, you know, sand and mud and everything like that. And the story goes from there. She's basically moving... Uh, out of town to go and become a church organist at a, a, a smaller church because she's kind of, it seems like she's, well, she's, I mean, this is the point, really. When when a movie seems to view its story as secondary, it almost brings up more conversation points, I, I think, because Mary is basically escaping herself yeah for a lot of this movie and she's escaping kind of life she has known after she you know after we see her emerge from this river after the after the car accident it's almost like she wants to start again because she's seems 
constantly afraid of people. Yes, and it's kind of this theme of trying to create an afterlife of your own. Uh, yeah. Separate from the actual afterlife, but then they end up kind of coming together by the end. There's a lot of, there's a fine line, Janine, between life and death. And I think this movie sits in that line, sits Little right pocket. on that line. It's at, it almost sits, if you were to draw the line with a pencil, it's in between the lines of the pencil line this movie that's where this movie sits draw draw a pencil line between life and death that's where this movie sits right in the middle it almost acts as 80 minutes of purgatory yes before you've moved on to a more permanent afterlife that's almost what this movie feels like. And I feel like that's exactly what it's trying to feel like. Yeah. There's no escape. Um, you know, she's trying there's to no leave escape. and start over, but this entity is just kind of following her wherever she goes. Yeah. Um, A particularly weird looking ghostly gentleman. Yes. Actually played by the director himself. Mm-hmm. In very effective makeup, I might add. I love the look of it. Yes. And there were some really great shots um, of it kind of close up and from these kinds of from below angles. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the like ghostly dance scenes were in these really weird kind of close ups, putting you kind of in the arms of a, a ghoul kind of dancing with him or kind of looking up from above. Um, I really liked some of those shots that were really cool. And so you got kind of a close-up look at the makeup and it, it held up pretty well. So there's very and the black and white as well kind of helps, I think. Of uh, course. Sell it as well. There's very interesting techniques going on in the actual filmmaking in this movie. Ones that you don't tend to get in more mainstream, mainstream. produced horror mm-hmm. movies from, from this time, to be honest with you. Um, I actually quite like, quite even like the opening credits of this movie because I just think they're kind of weirdly jankily graphicked together. Yeah, it's it just, just kind seems of to fit. off. It just it it fits with that whole off-putting feeling. Kind of the whole movie's trying to to give you from the start. Yeah, the only story element you really need to go into is the fact that Mary moves out of the this city into a a smaller town, becomes a church organist there, lives in this kind of rooming house, and gets drawn to an abandoned carnival. She doesn't quite know why she keeps getting drawn to an abandoned carnival, but she keeps getting flashes of this very strange-looking ghostly man. Yeah. And And she can't help but think of this abandoned carnival abandoned like amusement park area which obviously is very appealing to me janine i think there's something terrifying about amusement parks anyway and that's why i love them yes it was a very eerie perfect setting for this movie um i heard that like it had burned down they rebuilt it and it had burned down again and now they kind of just use it as like a concert hall so it still exists in some okay form. i like that I, me and Nolan spoke last week um, about the kind of inherent horror of a circus 
because in in the final story of Dead of Night is obviously about a ventriloquist dummy, and we kind of got into the uncanny nature of a ventriloquist dummy and how that relates to clowns, and then we got onto a conversation about kind of the inherent horror of a circus and the but the the thrill of a circus as well in its mm-hmm. history. I mean that very well it's exactly the same as the carnival you know the traveling carnival that goes from place to place that brings with it wonders you have never seen before come and see the weird and wonderful things of the traveling carnival yeah carnivals tiny little town that you've never set foot out of will never see the like of again yes and it's always with carnivals it's always this um kind of weird combination of uh something fun but also something kind of creepy or weird so that's kind of the embodiment of what a carnival is it's this weird combination of like oddity but thrills and and fun um that's exactly how this carnival in this movie feels to you watching it it's the same that it feels to mary you can't wait to go in there to see what's in there, to see why the entire movie is drawn to it. But you're also terrified too because you keep seeing these weird figures. Yeah. And Things moving getting, on their own. And yeah. yeah. You keep getting flashes sometimes of this ghostly man, kind of dead looking in, in pools of water and waking up from this and kind of creepily standing and staring constantly staring and you're so entranced by it you want to go into this carnival it's barricaded off as well as we see in the movie it's barricaded off you know drawing that line between again we as people want to go places we're not supposed to go to places that are slightly unsafe because of curiosity because yeah. of intrigue that's what the carnival kind of is that's what the carnival is in in real life or certainly was decades and decades ago of course when the when communities were much smaller and much more secluded yeah uh, you know, the, the the idea of a traveling carnival was very much a thrilling yet terrifying aspect. You get all you get them in all sorts of horror movies, don't you? Fortune tellers and psychic people. Um, it's where werewolves come from, isn't it? It's where it's literally where Lon Chaney Junior's The Wolfman comes from. Is from a fortune teller. <laughs> Yeah, and I think also just that setting in general is very creepy. Um, You think of a place that was full of life and bustling and full of people, and then to kind of see that juxtaposition of it completely abandoned and desolate. um, I think that is just a, a terrifying thought of, you know, this place was full of life, and now it's kind of dead and decaying and um, just kind of... That dichotomy of of seeing it, of knowing what it once was, and seeing what it is now, 
uh, it just adds to kind of that creep factor. And it's definitely a, a really great atmosphere and setting. There's a whole tourism industry built on visiting abandoned places. Yes. And because... it, they just seem so haunted and scary. <laughs> yeah. And they could be the most innocent of places like a carnival or an amusement mm -hmm. park that's full of fun. But you take the people out of it and any noise you're going to hear, any weird shadow you're going to see is terrifying. Yes. You're wondering what it is. So why so many Scooby-Doo things are set in, you know, <laughs> tradition. Well, they're not really, but it's why they are thought to have been set in abandoned amusement parks and that kind of stuff. Because they are inherently terrifying places. Because in their real sense, they are not at all terrifying. And that's what that's what the scary thing about this particular thing is. Because I think the carnival is a thrilling but terrifying entity anyway. But certainly an abandoned carnival yeah. adds to the creepiness. And with the fact that you've constantly got these flashes of uh, the ghoulish man who never has a name. No, he's just the name. man. You're not interested. No. He's just this weird ghostly figure who is, who Mary's getting visions of throughout the entire movie and she can't escape from. You've you've spoken about it. She's trying to escape yeah. from herself, from people. But she's, she's trying just... to create her own, like, afterlife where she's trying to have this fresh start, um, only yeah, to kind of realize for... it's too late. Yeah, because uh, obviously for 99% of the movie, we completely believe okay it's been a it's been a near-death experience there's been an element of shock to mary and mary's played by candace hilligos by the way who apparently her agent refused to work with her ever again after the her, her agent saw the movie oh my goodness <laughs> not that i think i think i don't think it was because the movie's bad the movie's certainly not bad the movie is simply totally unique and it's just you could see why there may be elements of I've no idea the details of that story that's just something I read but there's also some slight religious things going on here okay because she obviously goes to a church becomes the church organist but also t at times in the movie seems to get taken over by some sort of otherworldly spirit thing she's not quite you know herself in her own body there's a hell of a lot of that throughout this movie where mary just feels like she's somebody else yeah she feels like she can't be near other people and she has no idea sometimes where she's going it's almost like she's in a trance for the entire movie yeah especially when she finds herself kind of drawn to the carnival she yeah um is very isolated and then when she actually kind of wants to go out um 
it's to this place, to this weird, eerie place, and just to kind of wander around and explore. And even though it's something that seems to frighten her, she still can't stop herself from going there. Um, and isn't I also that what, isn't that what those kind of things are like anyway? Yeah, isn't that what amusement parks are like? Almost, you see a big roller coaster, and, and it's you terrifying. Think, oh, God, I'm terrified of that, but I'm definitely going. Going, on it. yes. You know, as um, a child, as a child, I, I think I spoke about this last week as well. You see ghost trains at amusement parks, and you you seem terrified by them, but you're going on it. Yeah, <laughs> you're going on the ride of course you are you're too interested you're too curious curiosity is a dangerous thing yes um we also get some really eerie moments i really liked kind of um those moments where she kind of just disappears and yeah. you know she's in the store shopping and then she goes to try to talk to the to the saleswoman and and we get this weird kind of fade that happens i liked i liked the effect they used to kind of show us that change in in what's happening um like this wave kind of goes over the screen and then it's kind of dead silent and she's walking around she's trying to talk to people and nobody can hear her and nobody can yeah. see her and you're kind of wondering what is what is happening here um at this so point I, you are very much thinking because i you know i think these scenes are absolutely you think the whole movie is a story within the kind of this purgatory kind of situation with it being yeah. almost the afterlife you think those scenes are almost the next level where she's almost become a ghost yes at that point to everybody so I else I, I liked those scenes to kind of throw that in there because we're kind of still curious as to what's really happening. I know we covered the movie Frighteners on uh, Morgan Hasn't Seen, and there was kind of a situation where uh, Michael J. Fox explains he can see ghosts because he had been through a traumatic experience. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, maybe it's something similar to that. She'd been it through this trauma, did. this car accident, the only survivor. So maybe that's why she's seeing these ghosts. But then when we get these scenes of her kind of disappearing to people, then that's where the kind of purgatory thought comes in that you know she's in this weird place between living and dying and she's trying to think okay if i try to go on and be normal and keep to myself then maybe i don't have to cross over but yeah she's constantly being haunted because it is her time to finally cross over and as much as she can try to avoid it um it, it's impossible and that's what it is that's 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 the horror in this movie it's the fear of dying yes and like i think going to the terrified to die that her spirit is not accepting that she's died yet after yes. this car accident and, and I that's think why maybe... she's wandering around still for a week yes and i think maybe the carnival that location is the only place she feels like she can reconcile those feelings where she's not focused on that Oh, I mean, also, it, I think it helps being the fact that the carnival location seems to be some sort of hive of ghosts. Yes. <laughs> she seems to feel at home there. You get... And she doesn't know why. <laughs> and, you know, she doesn't know why. She's no idea why. Because her spirit and her body aren't quite synced up in this movie. No. Until the very, very end. Now... I don't know why 
the this carnival area seems to be this hive of ghosts. I don't know why all the ghosts, including the famous ghostly man played by the director Herc Harvey, seem to find themselves completely at peace in this carnival. They like this carnival. Uh, you get scenes. You get one really quite extended scene for such a short movie. I think it's only about 78 minutes long, this movie. It's really, really short. Of Mary just... Shots of just Mary walking around the carnival. Yeah. And they can be... They, and exploring. It's shot very strangely, I think. Because I think a lot of the shots don't follow each other very well. But I think yeah. that's intentional. Just to freak you out a little bit. Just to make you and feel like you. Yeah, something's I'm off. really not watching a regular movie here. I'm watching a movie that is trying every little filmmaking technique to put me off a bit. Yes, and it's working. And that's what it's doing. It's working. It really is. And I think you're just as confused as she is because you're realizing that people in the real world see her people she yeah. exists to people she interacts with them so she's present there but then these moments where she just kind of disappears and she's being drawn to this hive of of you know of the undead um well not the undead or just but the, like dead. The, the, the dead the dead <laughs> yes these spirits um it kind of puts you off of what is actually really happening um and you're just as confused as she is. So I like that, you know, everything is meant to kind of throw you off a little bit. And then you're also kind of with her in, in the confusion of where does she sit? Where does she lie in this living dead world? Um, so all of that is just, it just builds and builds to where you're just kind of like, where are we going with this? What is happening? Um, yeah, you, you, you are by all means supposed to feel rather confused for the entirety of this movie. I think that's totally intentional. I also think that you aren't going to find a horror movie that feels like such a silent horror movie that isn't a silent movie. Yes, it's very quiet. It's very quiet, but technique-wise, it's a silent movie. The way things are shown, the way things are kind of the way people move almost particularly the particularly the ghosts the way they move is incredibly like a silent movie even the film stock itself is sped up weirdly or you know and, and it's doing weird things the actual filmmaking techniques are that of an expressionist silent movie yeah um the the carnival location it's very it's obviously very shadowed, and but you seem to get like huge slabs of concrete that are just that's like dominate frames for no reason other than to just feel imposing, to feel like there's something huge there. This is an important place. Yes, and, and it's that just nothing. It's with... just a big, massive bit of concrete and then tiny little mary in the background wandering around and paired with just that eerie organ music 
The um, music is so good. <laughs> yes. The music definitely is just... sets that stage of just creepiness and un- unsettling. Uh, you know. It's almost like, I mean, it's not, is it? it it's, it's nothing like The Lighthouse as a movie. It isn't. But in terms of a movie that you just have to sit with and just let it wash over you and then try and make up your mind of what the hell you've just watched afterwards. Yeah. That's what it is. Story-wise, it's nothing similar. It's nothing similar. I mean, it's a little bit similar in the sense that are we dead? Are we alive? What the hell's going on? That's about it. The comparison there. I only bring that up because that's obviously an A24 movie and I'm just saying this is a 1960s A24 movie. And not and people aren't going to like that. This is not a movie that everybody will want to watch. This is not a movie that everybody will like. This is a movie that you've got to watch if you're in a particular kind of mood to just almost think about think about spirits think about kind of what comes after what is waiting for me on the other side of um, yeah but not in a not in a negative way because i think for a lot of the movie mary's mary's obviously terrified to accept i mean call it what it is the very, very end of the movie. This isn't a plotty movie. This isn't a story movie. No. For God's sake, it doesn't really matter. You're just kind of watching things happen. <laughs> Go and watch the movie. But the final shot of this movie is the car that crashed off the bridge at the beginning with Mary in it. And the final shot shows dead Mary in the car with all the other people who were in the car. Yeah. So has she been dead this whole time? Has it all been an illusion? Has Mary's spirit been walking around, refusing? Refusing to accept the afterlife. Exactly. And that's the point. And I think that's that's the fear of it. Like I said before, that's the horror of it, is the fear of death. I think it plays on that very well. Because, to be honest, if death means going to visit Makeuped up Herc Harvey staring at me all day. I don't want that. <laughs> you know, that dude's weird. Yeah. I don't want him to But would you take him? Me. Would you take him over the creepy neighbor? <laughs> yes, to be honest with you. I don't care for that. Yeah, we can talk, terrible. you can talk about that dude. Don't mind that dude. He's a weirdo. <laughs> but you can understand why she's terrified of these ghosts. They're not very nice to her. They're just telling her she needs to come with them basically they uh, you know that's why they keep showing herself they keep showing themselves to her yes because they can't speak yeah so the time we're it's time come on you've died (laughs) you've got to come i don't care if you don't want to come on (laughs) it's like a child who's who doesn't want to go out of the house we're going come on (laughs) yes but I mean, she's not even living the life that she's in. Yeah. Uh, it's really just an avoidance, you know. And that's the interesting thing about it. 
That's the really, really interesting thing about it. That's why it's so unique. You don't get many horror movies like this. Certainly American horror movies. Yeah. Like this from around this time. You think of a lot of American horror movies, you know, you, you can have some mon you can have monster movies. You can have psychological movies, like a psycho, where it's yeah. people that are, you know, a little bit messed up in the head, I suppose. You know, you can have that kind of stuff. Or you can have monster movies. You can have ghost movies that are more kind of like a ghost wants revenge or something like that. But not a lot of the time do you have ghost movies where the ghosts are creepily welcoming. And they're just like, where very rarely do you have a ghost movie, especially from this time where the protagonist is the ghost really because yeah. that's what mary is she's a ghost for this movie she's neither alive nor dead for this whole movie until the very end confirms yeah but and it is it's that story of acceptance it's that story of confusion Avoidance. and you yeah. can only imagine that your spirit, your soul, when your dying day comes, is going to be confused. Fighting again. Yeah. And we're going to be fighting the inevitable because it doesn't want to deal with something that's built, been built up as so scary as death. Um, you could view this as a pessimistic movie in that sense. But I, I almost think it's... It's one of the most, it's, at times, I sometimes find it hard to describe, I really do, but at times it's a surreal movie that is actually very realistic in its attitude, I think. It's very, it wants you to accept the reality of death and i think that's a healthy thing to do i do i, I think that's yeah. a totally healthy thing to do it's obviously a scary thing to do of yes. course it is but i think it's a healthy thing to do and mary fights that for the entire movie until the end and at the end the ghosts let's face it become a little annoyed with mary for it lasting this long yeah. And they end up just really start her. shouting at her. Yeah. And saying, No, Mary, you're not living anymore. You're coming time. in the carnival yeah. with us now. Yes. And it makes for a really quite intense final ten minutes. I love the final ten minutes of this movie so much. But you did want to talk about the creepy neighbor <laughs> a little bit. Who um, I should feel should not go without mention because he's no. weird. Yes, he is very weird. Um, yeah, I think he is there to kind of show her lack of social ability. Um, yeah. So then you kind of understand that, like, she's not really living life. She's just kind of going through it in this uh, attempt to avoid uh, the truth. Um, yeah. And um, he's just kind of a pawn in all of that. Uh, he's very creepy and... <laughs> Uh, I do not like him at all, so I would definitely have 
taken the ghostly creepy director over um over this yeah. neighbor guy <laughs> yeah I think so. even though he's dead yes you know <laughs> i mean i suppose if you were mary you're dead too yeah. i mean it makes sense exactly yeah it's uh I'm, i've spoken too much i think because <laughs> i feel like it's a. Uh, I need to hear more of your thoughts i've spoken way too much i just get in my own head when it comes well when it, this when is because like honestly this is more of your your wheelhouse of movie um i get that <laughs> You know, I, I'm about a plotty thing that I has a story that. and has a beginning, a middle, and end. But I am not somebody who can, uh, you know, not appreciate uh, a vibe, a feeling uh, that a movie is trying to invoke and give you. It is very simple, and I appreciate simplicity. That not everything is spoon-fed to you. Um, I liked kind of the bit of camp of it. You know, the acting is not the best. Um, yeah. How it kind of just starts, like there's no credits or anything. It just starts. Um, it all feels very kind of homemade, but uh, but loved and, you know, thought out uh, by one particular person. And I appreciate those things about it. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I, I like I said I do like the simplicity of it you said you liked the big kind of final scene which was great um, or the final kind of chase with all the ghosts kind of chasing her to the beach um, I actually really liked the whole bus station dream sequence that felt very yeah. kind of scary and maybe the part that felt the most like a typical maybe horror haunting kind of movie um, where she you know runs to the bus station to get away and she gets on the bus and it's full of all these ghouls coming after yeah. her and then she can't get out and she's locked in. It felt like a dream that, you know, I've had before. Um, you know, I've talked to think a lot about, you know, my fear of the thriller video and how yeah. I loved it. It was like the carnival. I was drawn to it because it was just so interesting and cool. But then I would close my eyes at night and have these terrifying nightmares about it where I would be trapped behind a gate and all of these ghouls and zombies and dead things are coming after me and it's locked and people are on the other side just looking at me, not helping me get out. So I definitely felt something and felt a bit of terror um, with that scene in particular. So I really liked that whole scene of kind of running to one place where you think is safe. You get on this bus, you think you're going to get away and then it's full of all these ghouls and things coming after you. And then you're trapped behind this gate only to like snap awake and it felt so real. Um, so then when she kind of snaps out of it and you think it's just a dream, then you kind of settle yourself a little bit thinking, okay, maybe this was all a dream. Maybe she's not in this weird purgatory uh, between living and dying maybe it's all in her head maybe she's going to be wake up and she's with that doctor who she met who was kind yeah. of talking her through her issues and this was all just a dream um i think but that then... would have almost <laughs> been more typical of a horror yeah. movie of this time for yeah. it to end up being she is you know she she has something she's had a traumatic experience and that has mentally broken her. Yes. I think that would have been much more typical of a movie at this time, but the movie's not interested in people being mentally broken. 
there's nothing mentally broken yes. about you know Mary in this movie. Yeah, it's literally her she just her soul and herself fighting spiritual. against yes, fighting against uh that spiritual spiritual continuation that she's supposed to be going to and she's just avoiding it. Um so yeah, only for that nightmare to draw her to the reality of what she's facing. Um, because yeah, I think we all kind of maybe settled like anybody who watches this maybe settles a little bit, like I said, and thinks, okay, maybe this is all in her head. Maybe that's where this is going. Only for for it to lead her to the place where inevitably she's faced with the truth. Um and all these dancing ghosts, like haunted mansion levels. Like I like it I was I was hearing the haunted the haunted, haunted yes, I was hearing that song in my head. <laughs> That would have been a bit of a tonal <laughs> shift, I think. Yes. Um, uh, and we're getting all that creepy <laughs> organ music. And so the fact that, okay, we are literally here. This is not, there's no way this is a nightmare again. This is her reality. Um, I think made that tension of that final scene even more prevalent because we, we kind of got this bait and switch with this nightmare. We got kind of calmed down a little bit just to kind of get thrown right back into the truth of where she's at. Um I liked that. I, that was probably my favorite part, going from the dream, that nightmare, to the reality. Um, so that kind of st that starting point of the end sequence to the the inevitable end uh, was probably my favorite whole kind of point of the movie. The whole movie is a complete nightmare. It's a nightmare on screen. You you said you have nightmares that are similar to scenes in this movie. <laughs> yes, and. This is a concept that is terrifying for near enough everybody. But like I said, it, it's actually healthy to accept the fact of it. And the fact that death happens. Yes. And nobody knows what happens after that. You don't know. And that's you know, like, we you know what happened to her. Like, they find her footsteps run off to the beach only exactly. for her to disappear and michael myers knows, is it out of there nobody She's knows what happened anymore. yeah so i mean i would like to think that at the end mary's spirit just dances with the carnival ghosts for eternity. yeah we don't because see that seems to be what the rest of them are doing and they're perfectly happy doing that but also the eeriness of knowing that she did actually exist and these people knew her and saw her and met yeah. her while she was still in this kind of dead slash living purgatory so there's nothing react there's nothing realistic about what's going on no in but that's the point of it. it it's more about what it's saying it's more about the ideas that it's putting across yes than being a story about a person you know um it's it's yeah i I did want to talk a little more about the actual kind of way that whole finale comes around or it is kind of showcased, I suppose, because it what it's what drew me to this movie in the first place is those shots. Yeah. I am somebody, as people probably know, who likes to see I, I've always I've always put it, and sometimes I feel this is more accurate than other times, and sometimes I actually feel this statement comes across 
as a little bit more pretentious than I would like it to. But I think movies are moving paintings, not books on a screen. Okay. By And by that, I mean movies should be about feeling something. That's what a painting is. You can look at a painting and say, oh, that's a nice painting, but it's got to make you think something. It's got to make you feel something. It's got to make you want to have a conversation about it. And uh, a picture, you know, it's kind of left up to your interpretation of what you get out of it, the story that you kind of put to it. And this is the type of movie where you can, because the story isn't, the strongest element you can kind of put your own thoughts ideas and put your own story behind what you think he's trying to say um and what it's making you feel so definitely this if any movie is a painting this movie is that because you can look at it you can feel something from it you can get a tone and a vibe um and you can kind of put your own ideas and make your own story uh to what you are seeing yeah and that's what I love about it. And that's what I particularly love about the finale of it. Because she goes back to the carnival, obviously. The ghosts at this point, Herc Harvey, the big ghoulish ghost, is having nothing. He's having no more of Mary's nonsense of non-acceptance. Not that they ever say anything, like I've said. Not that they even go, ooh, or anything like that. Yeah. They don't say a thing silent see what i mean there's a lot of silent movie kind of techniques used in this movie particularly in this finale with the film being sped up with the theatrical acting shall we say yes and with the lighting with the light with that absolutely with the lighting of it but mary's kind of running around this carnival and the ghosts are just popping up. You can't escape us. No, We're here. No. Come, you need to come with us now. They're getting annoyed almost, the ghosts. And she's having this whole out-of-body kind of experience as well. Like she's seeing herself, a ghoulish version of herself dancing with this ghost, but yeah. she's also she's watching it from out the outside. Yeah. So we get kind of this split of her soul and her her, you know, uh, waning humanity kind of battling it out, watching this happen i do love how that dancing is filmed as well like it just feels like they're not people doing it yeah and that's the slightly sped up technique or the slightly you know fiddled around with the frame rate of the movie um it's it just feels very very feels almost like a projection which is kind of what you want it to feel like but it's very, very creepy. It's very, very ethereal, I suppose, is a great word to describe this movie because it, it does very much feel like that. Yeah. But, and then, yes, when she obviously gets she gets chased around, it's quite intense. You get these, the sound design's great, I think, as well. Not just with the, the kind of organ, organ music that's but... coming out, but you get some wailing sometimes as well. Yeah. That... Almost reminds me of the noises you hear in The Witch. 
you know, like when mm-hmm. the when the forest makes noises in the witch. Yes. It's just kind of, or even sound just kind of drops out completely. So then that kind of is disorienting yeah. for you as well. Yeah, it's totally made to make you, the viewer, feel completely uneasy. Yes. And it works so perfectly Mm -hmm. doing that. It really does. It's unlike anything else. It needs to be watched if you're a horror fan, I think. If you like it, if you don't like it, that's up to you. But I just think this you can't it can't be ignored it's too unique to yeah. be ignored particularly when it comes out in 1962 it's far too unique to possibly be ignored and it's a really quite scary finale when all the ghosts are kind of coming seemingly her, very very down. fast and yes. chasing her down like you said to, to the beach where she ends up not being there in the morning and then we learn that her body is still in the crashed car yes it leaves you thinking it leaves you thinking and that's what a good movie like this should do definitely um yes i'll be honest this is not a movie that's in my typical wheelhouse um but that's what i love no, about the show is discovering these things that are new to me um, and there was a lot to enjoy here. There was a lot to analyze and and feel. And I appreciated all of that. So definitely, I saw kind of the really interesting ideas that went into this movie. I was able to kind of put my own experiences and feelings uh, into what I ended up getting out of this movie, uh, which I really liked. Um, it was very simple. Um, I didn't need a lot to kind of get something out of it and feel something from it um and just the non-stop unsettling eerie vibes just was was perfect for this time of year and really yeah. really enjoyed that about it a lovely ghost movie lovely ghost story <laughs> to end ghostly season on its Ooh. wonderful podcast because i don't think this is an easy movie to actually talk about without thinking a great deal about <laughs> no before. i really don't uh, that's not a, 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 that's not at a fault of the movie. That is simply because the movie's trying to say an awful lot and an awful lot of pretty deep stuff. Yeah. When you actually think about it, like when you start making movies where you are questioning the journey between life and death, but you're making it as a ghost horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> not as a kind of drama or even as a comedy you feel like there's been comedies about that it's it can feel heady at times but like you've said it's also a simple enough movie that it shouldn't feel heady because there's nothing else going on yeah <laughs> other than what you're it's seeing. making you think about the concept of it yeah and i love that about things that's why i like um sh- like short ghost stories as opposed to your big ghost novels in book form for example because short ghost stories yes they have a plot 
but they're more about the concept of it rather than they're more about the idea rather than actually what's happening to the people involved you know that's yeah. what's scared the idea not the story so go into this if you're watching it feeling that then you'll get a hell of a lot out of it not everybody not everybody will and that's totally up to you because it yeah. is bizarre sometimes but be open movie. to be open to what this movie is trying to make you feel because that's appreciate that's, yeah. the care that went into making it and appreciate yeah. the kind of i think intelligence that went in and love of playing around with techniques yeah because the filmmaking techniques that are played around with are pretty interesting mm -hmm. that's what i, I said it's the most silent movie you're gonna see that's not a silent movie yeah in the in the horror genre and i love it for that i really do i i like to watch it not not loads but certainly every year yeah since i've seen it for, since i saw it for the first time just it makes me feel like no other ghost story makes me feel they always unsettle me ghost stories but this one there's 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 an added thing there you might not be able to quite put your finger on it but it's a feeling and feelings are hard to describe sometimes i'm going to be absolutely honest there but i get that out of it so i appreciate this movie endlessly and i it's why i really wanted to show it to you in ghostly yeah. season for here uh you know for this show but also just do it on this show anyway because to to kind of open other people who may be listening to this movie as well that they may not have ever thought about watching because i really yeah. think they should because it's Definitely. creepy it's all very, the, very all the eerie, unsettling vibes that you want and spooky season this movie is. Is, is giving. So I love it. There we go. Are we going to call it there, Janine? I think so. Well, ghostly season. We're at an end. What a sad time. It's not even Halloween yet. That's on Sunday. <laughs> we've still got we've still got scary movies to watch. Of course we, we do. Have. Yes. We also don't like to stop talking about horror, even though October's finished with. And not even, not all of our ghost movies have frankly been horror. The Ghost no, of Mrs. Muir wasn't remotely a horror movie. That was it's incredibly romantic. <laughs> it was a pure romance movie, and it was great. I loved that movie. Me too. Would you say, I mean, we don't usually do this kind of stuff on the major. Would you say, out of the three we've covered this month, Janina, you have a particular favourite? Would it be The Ghost and Mrs. Muir? It would be The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, because you know how I felt about Rex Harrison yes. <laughs> after watching My Fair Lady for the first time. Um, I was like, there is no way this man could have ever been attractive at any time. And I completely fell in love with uh, <laughs> him in The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. He's great. So, He's great. Yes. <laughs> I'm very, I, I, I was very, very pleased I watched 
that movie for the first time this year as well. And to, to have such an independent, strong female lead at that in that era of time. Uh, was also great to see. Yeah, was I great mean, to see. In that time, I mean, you get stuff pre-code that's way more forward. Yes. In that way, but that's the point of being she pre-code. felt very modern and like, you know, yeah. Yeah, for, for Hayes Code 1947 pretty good yes i really really pretty good female character yeah you know i like the ghost of mrs muir an awful lot I, I, to be honest out of the three the ghost of mrs muir is the best movie yes it is it's absolutely the best movie don't sleep on carnival of souls don't sleep on 13 ghosts if you want some silliness but don't sleep on carnival of souls i don't think you should no, I agree. You won't be able to sleep after you've seen it. You'll be seeing Herc have his weird face. <laughs> you will. It's terrifying. He's everywhere. Just search Carnival of Souls. You'll see the man's face. It really is something to behold. Anyway, there we go. Janine, episode 183 of It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show we've been talking, 1962's Carnival of Souls. Ooh. Now I just want to go to an amusement park and be weird, like a <laughs> ghost, but not a Halloween Horror Nights, because that's too big and official. I mean, like a shady one. Yeah, like an independent one, an A24 themed one. <laughs> A24 Horror Nights, that's what yeah. I want. That'd yeah. be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. I'm about that, definitely. Well... It's a Wonderful Podcast, this show, Janine, is not the only show we have on this podcast feed, is it? No, of course, we have Machine Mondays every Monday, where I talk all things Schmodown, and every Wednesday we have Morgan Hasn't Seen, where I force you to watch things that you haven't seen. We closed out Ghostly Season over there with Unfriended, uh, mm. so check that out. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. So check it out. All places podcasts can be found. Yes, that is Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and everywhere else, as Janine said. We've already spoken about the Patreon, patreon.com slash It's a Wonderful One, if you would like to support us there. We also have the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel that you can subscribe to, do your notification bell things on. We want to start uh, putting more discussions up there and fun stuff, watch-alongs as well. We actually have a watch-along coming on Halloween itself. Mm -hmm. So I hope you can join us for that. We have a poll going at time of this recording, so we don't quite know what movie that is yet. But at this point that you're listening to this, we'll know what the movie is. So go to It's a Wonderful Podcast on YouTube. You'll see what the watch-along that we have coming up on Halloween is. And I hope you can join us for that and future things on that channel as well. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at just the Purple Dawn. All your lovely stuff is where... You can find me at Janine Bean underscore on Twitter, Janine Bean on Instagram. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows or check out any of my artwork, you can find all of that at my Public shop at G9Design on tpublic.com. Well, 
we did it on Morgan hasn't seen on Wednesday. Let's take a complete tonal shift for the rest of the episode for the engineering close out ghostly season properly. Two more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Two more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Bye. Bye. Yeah. yeah. That was better than Wednesday.